Blog Talk Radio. for tuning in once again to Debt-Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Behrman here. Our website is DebtFreeWealth.org. We're on our crusade and we invite you to come on board as we explore all things money that ultimately leads to helping those who desire it delete debt, build wealth, and protect family and assets. While I have your attention, I am going to ask for a personal favor please click the follow button for our show or the like button if you're accessing this later on our blog site. Today's discussion comes from the categories of building wealth and protecting family and assets. And the topic of today's show is insurance, a new strategy for wealth creation, is just-in-case protection, otherwise known as insurance, becoming a new strategy to create wealth? Insurance claims tap into a source of funds you did not save or set aside on a rainy day. Today, many families can hardly afford to save, let alone set aside money for funerals or for for their families to access after passing. And life insurance policies are sometimes the only tool available to generate wealth for those left behind when the breadwinner dies. Families with no saving or investments count on the insurance money after the death of a loved one to suddenly grant in death what was not available in life, which is access to a lump sum of money. The actuaries who work for the insurance companies, however, crunch the numbers in the favor of the insurance companies, pricing policy premiums to reflect their chance of making a payout to you. These days, insurance fraud is increasing as some not-so-very-nice people are eyeing up insurance claims funds as a resource for big money and engineering the very scenarios that would allow them to collect insurance wealth. In this show, we will take a look at insurance from the perspective of those who are looking forward to making an insurance claim. Now, according to insurancefraud.org, Medicare and Medicaid fraud tops the list of insurance fraud activity. Auto claims padding, workman's comp, general fraud, and homeowners' arsons were also up. Interestingly, 
Life insurance fraud was something I did not expect to see on the list, but that was actually higher in fraud claims than disability, disability claims fraud. Insurancefraud.org highlights shady contractors, home highway robbers, loot owners as the fraud case is on the rise. Their insurance fraud awareness brochure says insurance scams are sweeping the nation, robbing us of nearly $80 billion a year. That's almost costing $1,000 extra per family. Insurance, in essence, is a transfer of risk, and more formally, it is defined as a system to protect persons, groups, or businesses against the risks of financial loss by transferring the risk to a larger group who agree to share the financial losses in exchange for premium payments. Those of you who have been following my show may already know that I hold a Florida state license in life and health insurance. I left an organization where I was one of the star producers on the team I was on. That company had a big problem with me, though, doing this radio show and with my involvement with Gold and Silver, and they definitely had a problem with my position on Wall Street. Even though I had disclosed my involvement up front, whether it was because the recruiter didn't know that corporate would have a problem with it or because my performance put me on the corporate radar. I don't know what the deal was there, but I was forced to even abandon this radio show for several months while I fought for my right to continue. But their cease and desist requirements would not budge. So, guys, I just had to quit. I loved that company. I was making good money there. I have lots of wall packs and other tokens of my success from there. But I believe in this crusade for debt-free wealth, and I treasure my right to share urgent information with you. So I became a free agent. Now, this is an educational show, folks, not specific financial advice. If you need insurance, my team is ready to help you secure the unique coverages you may need. And that's all I will say to advertise my services should you need it. For more, visit www.insurancequoteoptions.com. Now, insurance policies are available for almost every aspect of life, from birth to death and everything in between. There's a policy for that. And in exchange for some money, you transfer the risk of the whole cost elsewhere, minimizing your personal liability. The thing is, when applying for insurance, your premium is determined by a set of factors that are unique to you. And when the insurance companies crunch those details, their well-paid actuaries design the policies in favor of the insurance company. And the higher the chance that they have to make a claim to you, the more you will need to pay in premium to offset the risk that they will actually have to make a payment on your behalf. So how is it that insurance is becoming a ticket to wealth if it is set up for just-in-case events at risk levels engineered to reduce the chance that the insurance company actually has to make a payout? When you pay $100 per month for your car insurance, for example, for the year your premium would, would be $1,200 to cover a vehicle worth, let's say, 10 times higher. But should you have an accident, your policy covers the heaviest burden of, ex of expenses that may result from that accident. 
parting with a small amount of money to gain access to a large amount of money puts the leverage advantage on the policy owner's side. Now, anything that saves money is technically a wealth strategy. But I know it is easy to see car insurance as a necessary expense that could save you money. Trust me. If you have an accident and you had no insurance and you got sued and lost your home and everything, you would see very quickly that insurance is indeed a wealth strategy, a wealth protection strategy. It is this leverage that caused the real estate market to blow up, and it's the same leverage that encourages credit card shopping sprees. Credit cards allow you to obtain a big-ticket item while parceling out tiny portions of your paycheck. Now, that's leverage. In the height of the real estate boom, for sometimes less than $10,000 down, a person could be now the proud owner of a piece of property valued at several hundred thousands of dollars. That's leverage. Well, insurance policies give you leverage. And I have observed that the current economic times is moving insurance to the forefront as a very valuable wealth-creating strategy for more and more people. Now, the rest of the show is dedicated to those of you who have integrity and have no plans to defraud insurance companies with fraudulent claims in order to tap into wealth created via insurance. Now, wealth can be created legitimately with insurance policies, and for many families, this is the only way that some families have actually made it through tough times. Health and property insurance are more of wealth protection strategies, but life insurance, on the other hand, done with some thinking and a good agent on your side, life insurance can actually be a wealth-creating strategy. Now, let's look at some scenarios here. Let's say a monthly premium of $20, uh, let's say a monthly premium for a 20-year life insurance for a married couple in their 50s, let's say $150 a month, to give either of them a coverage of, say, $150,000, even if they never make a claim for the entire 20 years, that couple would only be out of pocket $1,800 a year times 20 years, that's only $36,000 to leverage access to a $150,000 policy if either of them dies. Now, if someone dies before that policy expires, let's say one of the partner dies 10 years into premium payments, in exchange for paying out $18,000 out of pocket, the other partner collects the, the, on the claim and nets $132,000 in profit. Guys, that is a 700% return on that $18,000 investment. That is leverage, and that is wealth creation. By giving up a small amount of money, a person can gain access to a large valued asset. And so valuable is life insurance as an asset. It can actually be used as collateral for some loans and may even be a requirement for you to get others. Now, that is the same concept on which investments are built. The difference between an investment option and life insurance is there is a real chance of you losing all the money you invest. With insurance, you're not really losing money. You're exchanging it for protection. Some life insurance policies even offer a guaranteed income return to you without surrendering the, surrendering the policy, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. With your car insurance, you pay, you pay the premium, but you have no chance of getting that money back. You pay your premium with no expectation of a return, unless, of course, you make a claim. Similarly, that's how term life insurance works. 
If you are between the ages of 25 to 55, you're in the ideal window to get very favorable and affordable term life insurance quotes. You make your premium payments, and you hope that you never have to make a claim. Again, I'm not speaking to those who are planning their partner's death so they can make a claim, no. So with term life insurance, you make those premium payments with no expectations, with no hope of ever having to cash it in. Life insurance is not something to cut out of your budget as a cost-saving strategy, guys. If the breadwinner of the family suddenly dies and the family is in immediate jeopardy from the loss of that income coming in, in a swift moment, a huge burial debt is incurred, and you need that money up front in days. And beyond the burial debt, the money for groceries, utilities, and mortgage, that's all gone, poof. Within 30 days, guess what? All those bills are due again. Now, Whole life policies are another matter. In general, whole life policies are for your whole life and usually require a slightly higher premium than term policies do. Now, I know that Susan Orman and Dave Ramsey promote term life insurance, and indeed, I do sell term life insurance, and there's definitely a place for that, and I love those guys. Now, traditional whole life policies also have a place. And later in the show, I'll tell you about a particular strategy with life insurance that utilizes a version of whole life policies that are absolutely not traditional and, in my estimation, is a worthy strategy for wealth building. For now, let's look at the animal called traditional whole life insurance and why Susan Orman and Dave Ramsey don't really like it. So once again, if you're between the ages of 25 to 55, you are in the ideal window to get a very favorable and affordable term life insurance quote. At that age, you can get access through leverage to a nice coverage through term life for a small monthly payment. The biggest promoters of term life, such as Susan Norman and Dave Ramsey, point out that with the lower insurance coverage, you retain more of your cash to invest the difference, and this is where they encourage your wealth building. So term life promoters do not really use insurance as a wealth building strategy. They say buy term and invest the difference. However, with term life, your partner actually has to die for you to win. So in my books, term life does have a place. But depending on your circumstances, maybe whole life insurance also has a place. If you've been following my show, then you know how I feel about Wall Street and the traditional strategies for wealth building through Wall Street type strategies. Just go back through the archives of Debt Free Wealth Radio for more on that. So for me, buy term and invest a difference is a valid strategy, and I do support it for the clients that it is appropriate for. But it is not for everyone. You see, with the economy being so upside down, what I encountered as I worked with clients regarding their insurance is, because of job loss, many could not maintain their life insurance policy, their term life policy payments, much less, even though it was so, you know, relatively inexpensive, they state they couldn't maintain it, and much less hold even health insurance. So when things changed and they did get their job back and they wanted to get a brand-new life policy, this time around their term quote rates were not as affordable because time had passed and maybe even their health had been compromised. The closer that you are to age 70, the worse your term life policy quotes will be. For those, people who's, uh, for those people, whole life quotes are sometimes even cheaper, and whole life quotes will not expire in a time frame when nobody wants to insure you. For these folks, 
whole life quotes end up being cheaper because now that risk was not being spread over just 10 or 20 years, but all the way up to 100 years, and that rate would stay stable for their whole life. The number of people who die between ages 25 to 55 are way smaller than the number of people who die after 70. And the insurance actuaries know that. The whole life premium quoted takes that fact into consideration. And therefore, the risk that you will die by or before age 100 is almost 100%. So clearly, when you buy a whole life policy, the insurance company has priced into it the fact that they are like they are going to make a claim on your payout with term life. They're planning that they never make the claim because you're not likely to die. Your, Your chance of dying is significantly less. But since whole life is paying out for your whole life, you're going to die. So they expect to pay out. So their, their premium is a little bit higher. In term policies for 10, 20, 30 or more years, the risk is contained to a specific time. And the numbers are crunched in favor of the insurance company not to make a payout during that time. If your health or lifestyle gives them any clues that you may die within that window, their quote to you will escalate. And in fact, Holding on to a term life policy beyond age 70 makes those nice low quotes disappear. For example, one client who very much liked the quote I gave her for a term policy that would have cost 125 per month, she was age 65 at the time, she could only get that rate for 10 years based on her age. And at age 75, if she wanted to continue with her policy, the premium was going to jump to $1,600 a month. Now, her mother and grandmother lived past age 88, so there was a good chance that she would also live well into her 80s. Yet, if she continued her policy, her policy was going to expire you know, or, or jump very high. So the whole life policy quote was a little bit higher at $210 per month, but guess what? That would remain her monthly payment until she was aged 100 if she lived that long. So again, term life has its place. And whole life has its place. So what you want to do is see your insurance agent or your financial advisor for personalized information on which coverage would suit you best. So let me introduce you now to a whole life concept called bank on yourself. In July, Debt-Free Wealth Radio will interview my friend and associate who is an expert and certified bank on yourself provider for more information on this. For now, I just want to throw the concept out there to start you thinking about it. So maybe you can think about your questions and call in when I do that show. Trust me, you will have questions because the bank on yourself concept is only supported by a few hundred representatives in the whole United States of America. This is not something the average person is familiar with. And many of you may already have resistance barriers up to receiving this kind of information. I'm going to ask you right now to keep an open mind and explore the possibilities of this. Send your questions in, and we'll make sure they're answered when we do our follow-up show in July. The Bank on Yourself product is basically set up to facilitate you becoming your own bank. The wealthiest people in the United States are not banking at the neighborhood corner bank. Many of them have their own family banks, and those are not open to the public. To explain this concept in a simpler way that I can think of is to use something you do know, and that's a traditional whole life policy. 
Traditional whole life policies are life insurance with a saving component. Many of you are familiar with that, and you're familiar with the fact that you can borrow on the portion of your savings. Well, the bank on yourself concept is basically a whole life product. However, the bank on yourself product is packaged using a handful of providers that meet the bank on yourself criteria. And they're further structured with very specific riders that allow for guaranteed safe growth at rates that are traditionally higher than banking save, than bank savings and CD rates. Structured correctly, by a certified bank on yourself provider, this policy will also offer tax advantages not available in traditional whole life policies. And guess what? Both the cash portion and the insurance portion are available. It's not an either or scenario. So here is an example to show you how insurance can in fact become a strategy, strategy for wealth building and you do not have to die to win. Like any bank, banks have funds available to borrow, and they make those loans available to borrowers at a rate of interest that is profitable to the bank. When you are the bank, you need to operate the same way. First, you fund your bank. Remember now, you are the bank. When you need money, you're also the borrower, and your bank, your very properly structured policy, loans the money that you need, and in return, you pay back the bank, meaning you pay back yourself, with interest that makes your bank profitable. So let's say, for example, you had $5,000 funded in the savings and rider portion of your bank and yourself policy. This money is available to you to borrow, and let's say you, you borrowed it to purchase a piece of equipment for your business. You now pay the monthly premium back to your policy with interest, basically refunding your policy with much more money than you took out in the beginning. Now, had you borrowed that same $5,000 on a credit card, you'd have had to repay that car back with interest, but that's, in essence, a one-directional payout. When you borrow the money from your own policy's available funds, you're starting with your own money and repaying yourself with interest. Now, this product, like I said, is not widely available on the market, and your whole life insurance rep may not have even heard about the bank on yourself concept. And even if you explain it or they understand the concept or they've even heard about it, they're not trained to design the policy using the strategies that transform a traditional whole life policy into a bankable product. Obviously, the monthly premium for any whole life policy, including a bank on yourself policy, is higher than the quotes you would get for a term life policy. Now, if your budget does not allow you for you to consider going into a whole life policy, then please, please, please get the term life policy rather than have no life coverage at all. Also, if you're approaching age 70 or if a term life policy of 10 to 20 years will end in when you're 70 years or older, then I'm going to humbly suggest that in addition to your term life quote, you also get a quote for the uh, whole life policy and just work with your advisors to which is the best way for you to go. Term life has its place and whole life has its place. And yes, insurance has been and, inc and increasingly continues to be a way that some create wealth for their families. Hopefully, someone does not have to die for insurance to generate wealth for your family. Now, join us next week. Our topic is student loans, a help or a Trojan horse. Student loans are relatively easy to get, regardless of your credit. 
even with a bankruptcy, you're likely to get that. You not likely you will get that student loan if you are accepted into school. So with the poor job market and the challenge to find jobs with flexible hours, many college students end up taking out more loan money than they need for their education, and they use that money on living expenses. Once graduated, the job that allowed them to repay those debts are, are difficult to get, if at all. And the cycle of indebtedness grows as they continue to use debt to finance life. The new professionals are now so distracted by debt that they can hardly focus on personal growth and development with their newly earned degrees. So help us weigh in on the matter as we take a look next week at student loans. Are they a help or a Trojan horse? Uh, Trojan horse. Join us. Again, Trudy Behrman with Debt-Free Wealth. Thank you very much for joining us today on Debt-Free Wealth Radio. Thank you very much. Join us next week.